0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Down the Back of the Sofas, the podcast that embraces everything, not only the shiny new penny you found, but also the half-dewed toffee covered in fluff. episode is my friend Graham he's back
1: hey hello mate how are you doing
0: i'm doing very well doing very well yourself
1: not bad not bad yes yes covid seems to be uh seems to be behaving itself slightly more so yeah yeah suddenly we're all able to get out and uh cinemas and comic shops and all, all wonderful In, into geek the wind and the rain and I, yes that's right exactly <laughs> yes a bit of summer wouldn't go a bloody miss <laughs>
0: Okay, let's perch on the edge of our seat and discuss what's piqued our interest since our last episode. With so far so good. Uh, just to let you know, there will be probably major spoilers through the whole of this episode. So, if you haven't seen it, sniffed it, licked it, kissed it, tough.
2: How we can't talk about it. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Walls Twister. It's got nothing on us. Or a Twizzler, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, the first one is Ryan Reynolds. Possibly set to star in the live-action Thundercats. Thunder. Thunder.
1: Thunder. thunder, 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 thunder. Thundercats <laughs> thunder are on. Thundercats are
2: loose. We'll we'll hear the roar.
0: Obviously, as Lion-O, the leader of the group, uh, and the wielder of the sword of Umens, that gives him and his group all their powers, uh, is potentially it's going to be directed by Adam Wingard, uh, coming off of the uh, Godzilla vs. Kong set. Um, the timeline at the moment, the, it, it isn't really, nothing's been confirmed. Uh, they're floating the names like Ryan Reynolds now to boost excitement, uh, but the actual casting hasn't been set. Um, and uh, the script apparently has been written. That's ready. So, you know, putting sort of Ryan Reynolds up there is obviously going to boost people's interest. Uh, But, uh, yeah, just that one might be coming up. I mean, he's going to be pretty busy. He's going to be doing the old Deadpool 3. He's got Free Guy that got um, postponed from last year. Uh, He's obviously just had the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard and all that sort of stuff, and I think he's in a remake of Clue. Oh, okay. As well, so yeah. But um, yeah,
1: Thundercats, I'll be up for that. Might be a good giggle. Yeah, I mean, so much 80s stuff now is, mm. is, is, is having a resurgence. You've obviously got the uh, Masters of the Universe Netflix show, uh, which has been um, showrun by Kevin Smith. Um, and yeah, you know, people have been saying that, that Thundercats wouldn't be far behind, and obviously, th- th- this is happening. It's uh, you know, our 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 childhoods are now the coolest thing ever, aren't they? So, <laughs>
0: trying to think, what was bigger? Was it was it roundabout Thundercats and He Man? Was roundabout the same? Do you reckon, or do you think
1: He Man was a lot bigger at the time? He Man was definitely bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think He Man came first as well. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh but yeah, I mean I I think Thundercats sort of was big over here in terms of the T V show. Um I don't remember the figures being as big as He Man was. He Man was just huge figures wise, wasn't it? So uh yeah, all good stuff. Okay, what you got? Uh, I have uh a couple of weeks ago the trailer for Venom Two or Venom Let There Be Carnage Uh, dropped Um, so yeah I I thought maybe we should have a chat about that Um, starts off with um, Carnage making breakfast for Eddie Brock (laughs) while singing to him I say either I say say either I say neither
0: and I say neither neither, 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 neither,
2: neither, either neither let's call the whole thing off
1: Tada! Catch up. Excuse me. Yummy. I I have to say one thing I still can't get my head round is the whole Venom talk. You know we hear Venom talking to Eddie because that's something that's never been done in the in the comics. Um, you, you know what whilst they merge together, Eddie is the only voice um of, of 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 sort of the combined two. And therefore to have sort of, you know, Carnage having this um very very deep voice, you know, a very uh in a world <laughs> movie yeah, trailer right. voice, <laughs> but but
0: it does, it is quite funny. For in the trailer, when it, is it is it Mrs. Chang or Mrs. Chong? I can't yes, remember who's in the shot, yes. When it was like, Yeah, it's, it's sort of know, Mrs. Chan. Like, <laughs> we got no, he says, I will eat her. And he said, no, <laughs> no, you can't you're eat, you're not Mrs. gonna eat you are not going to
3: the chocolate delivery hasn't arrived yet no
2: we had a
1: deal
3: what's gonna happen you're gonna stop protecting me i am happy
0: to eat mrs chen no no you cannot eat mrs chen what
1: nothing but um but yeah obviously it introduces uh you know it got sort of teased at the end of the first film you got woody harrelson as cletus cassidy who's gonna be carnage um, and you've also got a brief shot of um, Naomi Harris in prison and she's going to be the character Shriek as well both of which are, are very big in the comics um, and of course as as I sort of mentioned in one of my previous uh, appearances um, this means that the first appearance of Carnage is now going through the roof comic wise and suddenly you know what was once a 20 quid book became a 50 quid book and is now a 100 quid book and everybody's trying to get hold of it so yeah uh, Yes, it, you know, it just seems to be the way things are at the moment. But um, but no, and, and I, I just like, right at the very start, you've got Eddie has put a, a sign up on the wall of his apartment written on a bit of cardboard that just says, no eating people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to go back and rewatch that because I
0: did enjoy it. I did enjoy the first one. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully it should be good. Speaking of hopefully it should be good, <laughs> uh, the, uh, as number three was a little bit iffy. Uh, there's a rumor going around that uh, Sam Raimi is returning to direct some Spider-Man footage with Tobey Maguire. Ah. Now the reports are that the the action director could be could be re-teaming for some parts of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yep. And th- and that's how this has come about. I mean, uh, this comes from a giant freaking robot. So according to one of uh, their trusted and Proven inside sources, Sony wants Toby Maguire and Sam Raimi to re- reunite for another Spider Man movie. Uh, and their hope is that Raimi will direct a movie starring Maguire that would somehow work as a spin off from whatever takes place in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, this is Sony saying this, so neither Toby or Sam have sort of said anything. Mm-hmm. They're keeping quite stumped. So but you know, obviously the one and two were really good.
1: Uh, I think you said that two. You you thought two was the best. Two is fantastic. Yeah, Spider-Man and, and two is, is probably the best superhero one of the, film yeah. for me, and certainly the best Spider-Man film. It it tells the character absolutely spot on.
0: And and three was quite a bit of a letdown for 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 a lot of people. Yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> so hopefully they could make amends and, you know, a little bit of footage in this this one, and then maybe one more film with all of them could actually repair some of the bridges that they uh, they burnt. But I think it was more of a... Um, do you know why 3 was so bad? Was it more of the production people getting involved? Which, which yeah, surprised I, me, because I would have thought Sam Raimi could have pushed back on that.
1: Yeah, but I, I think, basically, you know, um, they they effectively said, more bad guys equals more more box office, and we so should you should have know,
0: learned from Batman and all that because that was you know the, yeah the, the but, you know Batman and, and Robin uh, too uh, many you know
1: he he wanted Sandman and it was only then that they say we think you should have Venom in there, and suddenly you had Venom and then you had um, the, the the new Green Goblin I Harry as well and suddenly yeah. you had sort of three bad guys and it just became too much too messy yeah. Um, but also i think that sort of plot wise i think that they just got so much wrong i think you know driving the division between um peter and mj which they'd done in the previous film you know we kind of seen it there was that embarrassing kitchen Pulse. moment where yeah. have dancing with um uh with mj to um, the, let's do the twist and it was just it, you know that th- there were some bits that were brilliant and some bits that were poor and therefore overall it just, you know, it, you know, you kind of left with a feeling of what could have been. Um And as yeah. I say, I, you know, there, there was some very non-spidey moments in it, you know, at, at the end when, you know, you know, Sam Man's the guy who Peter finds out was there when his uncle died. And yet, Sandman sort of comes over to him and having caused havoc for the last hour of the film says, oh, I'm really sorry. And Pete says, oh, that's okay. I'm I'm going to go now. Is that right? Yeah, go on. On on, on your way. And you're like, what? Why is, why is Spider-Man letting the bad guy go? You know, that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, it's um. so, yeah, yeah, just just a bit just a bit disappointing. I have just a funny little story Um. I mentioned uh, in our review of last year about the uh, latest Venom series and how popular it's been and issue 5 is going to be the last issue of the current creative team of Donny Cates writing and Ryan Stegman drawing it and it also happens to be Venom 200 because Marvel have this thing where they have legacy numbering so therefore you'll have the latest series is issue 35 but That previous to this series, there was 165 issues of Venom, and so in the legacy numbering, either total number of Venom comics, this is going to be issue 200, and so they're marketing it as and have been for some time as Venom 200. So this issue was originally solicited to be released on the 14th of April, however, due to delays, it then got pushed back to the 5th of May, and then due to the fact that the previous issue, issue 34, was late. It got pushed back to the 2nd of June. And it's just been revealed that it's been pushed back another two weeks. So it's now going to be the 16th of June. So over two months late. And the reason that they've given for this last delay from the 2nd of June to the 16th of June is literally the printer has run out of paper. (laughs) (laughs) The... The printing company that they are using really? to print this comic has run out of paper and will not currently be able to provide the volume of comics that they want for this. So they've had to delay it for a further two weeks. You, you know when, when, when you're printing a really large document and halfway through your printer runs out of paper and it's really frustrating? Well, this is that, but on a massive <laughs> scale. So, so, so the latest delay of this comic being two months late is because their printer ran out of paper. So, yes, I, I thought that was that was that was uh, quite different <laughs> yeah. that one, and I thought never I thought heard was... that one before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next part of our show where each of us share with you something we personally like. So, plump those cushions, put your feet up, and relax with this episode's sofas focus. Right, I have uh, a rather nice comic called uh, Copperhead. Uh, And I've chosen this, one, because I enjoyed it, but two, because I I wanted to speak to Graham about it, because he is uh, our comic expert. You've had a lot of experience with comics, and you—I think—you know the business sort of inside and out. Um. So, Copperhead—it's sort of sci-fi western, a bit like sort of Firefly, that sort of thing. Uh, written by uh, Jay Faber, and uh, it, the artist was uh, Scott uh, Godlewski. Um, Don't know him. Okay. It was published first published in 2014, September 2014, uh, to positive reviews and sold out two or three printings, just literally sold out. Uh, So that was ten issues. Um, March 2015 had the first five-issue story arc published as a trade paperback. And then there was a a year-and-a-half gap uh, between issue 10 and 11. So, And then March 2017, you then had issue 11. I'll get to the plot, and then I'll come back to why some of these gaps have happened Uh, basically the plot is set on a distant planet in the 24th century in a mining town called Copperhead and the main character is a woman uh, she's a new sheriff and she's arrived to basically take over because the the old sheriff had been killed her name was Clara Bronson and she's come along with a son and a lot of baggage and she soon gets involved in the town's mysteries and the secrets. And I don't, uh, I'm not going go to tell you too much about the story because it's a really good story. The reason why I've brought it up is halfway through, they changed the artist. And Scott only then did the covers, and they brought in an artist called Drew Moss. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. I hated his his work, his art. It was okay, but from what it had gone from, I think it's just my personal preference from an art point that I, I, I quite enjoy um, a certain amount of reality. Um, I don't want it too cartoony. I, I, I'd i like to, if I'm reading a comic, I, I want it to, to look sort of real. doesn't have to be photorealistic, just real and the and the artwork um, from from Scott was really nice i really enjoyed it um and then it went to something that was just didn't seem to have any character was more cartoony and just didn't fit with the storyline and everything and um it got to issue 19 and issue 19 suddenly they swapped over again and brought back Scott and it felt oh brilliant great we we've got that back again and it was meant to have three more issues, and it got cancelled. Yeah, no.
1: So to be continued. It won't. <laughs> and this is what so literally mid story. Yeah, so, so so it hadn't yeah. finished doing the story. It was meant. And it got yeah, it
0: was meant to have three more issues. Wow. And basically, what they said was that the the, the take up wasn't as good. Um, it gradually petered out after. After sort of say issue sort of ten, it started to go down a little bit. Now I think whether that was the artist, I don't know. But I I stuck with it because I really enjoyed the characters and I really enjoyed the setting. But the artwork was really putting me off because of what mm. I'd had before. I felt as if the artist knew the characters. It, it was bringing, it was giving it a gritty feel. And because it was a, it's a western in space, and it was quite, it's quite violent. Uh, but you've, you've, they're, they're not all sort of human beings. It seems to be those. There's, there's a lot of, there was a lot of aliens and that races and everything like that, and and um, there was robots. It was like um, a bit like the, a bit like the robot seen uh, Alien Isolation. So the not, not okay. as, not as. Um, as complex as, as ash they're sort of more all got the same face, but they was built for yeah. war um okay and it 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 really threw me to think you know because I really wanted to i thought well, great this is really going to go on for a little while and I think they had ideas for it to go but because it just you know wasn't Getting the audience that they wanted, they literally just cancelled mm. it and there's there's four volumes out there there's the volumes from issues one to five, six to ten, eleven to fourteen, and fifteen to eighteen, and then you've got the last single issue of nineteen on its own and I just wondered how if you'd ever come across that um of people changing' Cause, so obviously the artist the 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 inside artist that then went to do the covers.
1: I mean, so, it is very unusual. I mean, am I right in thinking this is published by Image? Image, yes. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Yeah. So I don't know whether, how much you know about Image, whereas you've got companies like Marvel and DC who own a bunch of characters, and they will bring in guys as work-for-hire to write and draw their comics, and you get paid based on your work. The, the, the work you produce. Image have a very different work strategy whereby you go to Image and they will publish your comic for a cut but you own the rights to that comic which is why Robert Kirkman is such a rich man because he created The Walking Dead and he entirely owns The Walking Dead. Image get a cut of the sales but they don't own anything. And so all intellectual pro- property remains with the with the creators. And so Jay Ferber would have gone there with the artist and said, we've got this idea. Image would have said, yeah, great, like it. We think we can make money. And they'd have started publishing it for them. That's why at Image, it's very unusual. Now, I've had series at both Marvel and DC where you're loving it, and all of a sudden the artist changes because the artist goes off to do another title or works for another publisher and and therefore you suddenly go oh i love that artist and i'm less keen on this one and it does detract you know it might be the same writer telling the same story but art can make a huge difference um what well, does make a huge difference and and that's why it's very unusual because you would think that this writer and artist combination have taken their idea to image who decided to publish it and all i can think is the artist maybe wasn't producing work as quickly as he needed to in order to get the issues out which is why they put him on covers he was clearly still part of the team but they put him on covers and brought another guy in to do the interior art because he was maybe a bit quicker you know because churning out 22 pages of a comic every month can be can be quite daunting if you are not used to that kind of a schedule,
0: and I, and I think that's what it was. That the artwork from the new artists have seemed very simple, right? And, and I was used to seeing, you know, like you say, maybe there was too much detail in the ones before, and so you couldn't, you know, you, you it did take a long time to do things, yeah. But that was the whole point. That was, you know, you you taught me how to, you know, you soak in everything that's on that, you know, in that window, in that that that, that paint. Was it panel, panel yeah? Pain? Panel and it, you, you taught me how to soak up everything. That's, everything that's in that panel should be there. You know, there's nothing there that they just chuck in just on a whim. Yeah, that, that, that's meant to be in there. And I think maybe it was such a change going from somebody who was quite detailed to something who was quite sparse with the detail. And obviously, that's what I was like. Ooh. And and I did stick with it you're right. I did stick with it because of the writing, not so much the the artistry, but it's that that pulls me in first of all, when I look at, I can't help myself, but when I look at a comic for the first time you know, if, if, I, if I go on because I'll get mine from like Comixology and you can see the sort of first two, three pages, I get an idea of what, what the artistry is actually like mm-hmm. and then I make my choice because I'm thinking I've got to look at that and I want to be comfortable with that and if I don't really like it then I probably won't actually read the comic No, absolutely um, and and it, it it did it shocked me, but then also it was like, oh hang on, you had that big gap you had from March two thousand and fifteen, which basically was when the last when the trade paper to to like March two thousand and seventeen when they started again, and they're still saying now, is it because it was two thousand and eighteen when it stopped. You know, could could they still carry it on? And I think there's a, quite a few people that are still saying, no, that, that's it, it's done.
1: I mean, I would be very surprised because, like I say, the writer and the artist own that property. It's not Image. So Image have said, you're not making enough money. Yeah. You know, you're not selling enough comics, so we're not making enough money off our share of the sales to justify us publishing this for you. So we're not going to publish it. But I'm surprised that that writer and artist haven't then said, right, okay, in order to finish the story, let's just publish it independently. Let's just literally draw it, write it, take it to the printers, assuming they haven't run out of paper, and uh, and <laughs> and and get it done. <laughs> you know, because they own it. This isn't Image saying, right, we're not we're not gonna yeah. you, we're not allowing you to make this anymore. They can still make it, and if there's a story to be told, I'm very surprised that. That you know, they've just said, Right, that's it, yeah. we're done. You know, image aren't putting it it's out, th- so we finished. It's, and
0: it's three, just literally three yeah. issues. And, and you can see the cover from the next one, and it looks really good. And it literally has at the end of issue 19 to be continued. Mm. And yet that was
1: you know, that's three years ago. That's really disappointing. I mean, yeah. the, the only thing I've known similar to that is Covid last year. Obviously, as soon as sort of the world went into lockdown last March. You know, comic publishers, um, you know, couldn't get their stuff printed. And so comics weren't made for two or three months. And when they started getting made again, they suddenly said, right, OK, you know, we're not going to publish these comics anymore. And again, there were some that were just halfway through the stories. I mean, there, there there was a five issue miniseries I, I buy because I'm a Spider-Man Not I buy every Spider-Man title. And there was a five-issue miniseries called Spider-Man, The Daily Bugle. And we got two issues of that. We're not quite halfway through the story, and that's it. You know, we, We're never going to see issues three, four, and five. And you kind of think, well, hang on a minute, I, I, I'd spent money on this. I, you know, I gave you my money. You've got to tell yeah. us the rest of the story. Yeah. Nope, sorry, that's it. That's your lot. <laughs> and, and they did that with so many titles. It's crazy, but, uh, but very unusual for Image to do that. Yeah. I, Im, image must have been making a huge loss on that for them to pull the rug, particularly with three issues to go. I'm very surprised.
0: Mm. Yeah, and and that's why I wanted to bring it up because one, because I did really love it, and I was and I and I uh, it's been like you said you uh, you spoke about this ages ago, and I, and I'm thinking yeah because I bought the first I think I bought the trade, and then I thought right I'll just sit on it, wait until they all come out, and then I'm going to read it. And every time I went back every so often, I'm thinking. Oh, I, I haven't, you know, because I'd I sign up to um, uh, like a subscription, so it'd automatically go on my iPad. Mm. And nothing was happening with it. I'd, I'd get a ping for a Star Wars or a Blade Runner or this, that, and the other, and then suddenly it'd be like, well, where's, where's Copperhead mm. You know, I mean, and, I mean um,
1: very unusual for there to be an 18 month gap between issues 10 and 11, you know, mm. for, for what is effectively an independent comic. Um, mm. But again, maybe that's to do with the artist i mean was it issue 11 that had the new artist in uh, yes yeah so yeah. that could have been it could have been you know i mean you don't know but there could have been something in his life in his personal life whatever that prevented him and therefore with the delay they said right okay in order to keep this thing coming out we've got to get somebody else in you know you can do covers but so you know yeah for for, for there to be an 18 month delay suggests that maybe there was an issue with the uh You know, you know, with
0: the artist, which which is strange. As I mean, yeah, I mean, you, me, everybody knows. That's that's why doing this podcast. Sometimes it's just life just gets in the way. You can't help it, and then, and suddenly you realise, you know, two months have gone, and you haven't you haven't done a show. But the very um, poor, (laughs) the the fact that he he came back for the issue nineteen and then there wasn't another one that that's kind of weird so as if it, it's re- history repeating itself yeah. he's, he's just took over the reins again and now suddenly he can he he was the bloody jinx <laughs> <laughs> and yet it was his art that I really liked yes. so but yeah that that's me copperhead if you do get a chance please have a look it, it it's one of those that you just wish had you know had had carried on or at least concluded and and the it, the the story you know, it, it's not that much of a heartbreak. It's it's good enough up to that point. It would have been nice to have carried on, but it still. Please give it a look. It's it's nice, and for me personally, the artwork up to issue ten is really lovely. Um, and yeah, just give it a go, see what you think. You know, if you think the artwork after that is a bit is it, not your sort of thing, or you you probably might like that even more.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, oh, cool. Right, my one, I have a movie from 2012 called Safety Not Guaranteed, which is a lovely little quirky comedy um, directed by Colin Trevorrow, rhymes with Tomorrow, um, who obviously went on to direct not only Jurassic World, but the latest iteration, Jurassic World Dominion. So so yes, uh, this guy went on to bigger and better things, and... I, 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 when I first heard the um, sort of the, the the premise for this film, I was very intrigued. Um, it stars Aubrey Plaza, uh, most famous uh, to that point for um, Parks and Recreation, um, and she plays uh, Darius, who's sort of like a snarky, socially awkward intern for Seattle Magazine, who sort of, you know, doesn't really fit in there. And um, they're sitting there in a meeting trying to come up with ideas for articles. And um, Jeff, uh, one of the uh, writers, uh, played by Jake Johnson, who was, funny enough, also in Jurassic World, played the guy in um, in the uh, sort of control centre, um, and was also in Stumptown, which was the... Um, um, uh, TV show that I mentioned back in the review of last year and he talks about uh, what about the time travel ad can I do a um, an article on that and they are all saying what's all this about and he reads this this um, sort of personal ad that's been put in, uh, in 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 a local newspaper that says wanted someone to go back in time with me this is not a joke P.O. Box 91, Ocean View, Washington, 99393. You'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. Safety not guaranteed. I have only done this once before. (laughs) And so they're like, okay. So she goes, right, okay. You... You need a, a couple of people to take with you, sorry, a couple of interns to take with you. So he turns around and looks at the two behind him and says, I'll, I'll have the lesbian and the Indian, <laughs> the lesbian being Darius Albury Plaza's character, and the Indian being a guy called Arno, played by Karan Soni, um, who's very good in it as well. So um, the three of them travel to Ocean View and stake out the PO box uh, trying to find the person who's going to pick up the post from there and there they see Kenneth paid by uh, Mark Duplass um, who has done loads of stuff he's one of those faces that if you see him you'll know him he's done um, Creep he did a a TV show with his um, brother Jay called uh, Room 104 Um, but yeah been in lots of stuff and he turns out to be a grocery store employee and uh, sort of a bit of a conspiracy nut, um, and so Jeff is um, tries to contact Kenneth, and but Kenneth's very suspicious of him. So uh, Darius visits him at the grocery store, and he's drawn to her by her sort of very uh, offbeat. And um, sort of evasive style. She's sort of very, very odd about the whole thing, and s- seems to be buying into the whole conspiracy. So he immediately warms to her.
3: Do you sell guns here? Something sexy and affordable with killing power? Sorry, pest problem. Well, if your ad had been written properly, I may have a better idea of what I need. I hope you worked harder on your calibrations. My calibrations are flippant pinpoint. Okay. Mm. You ever face certain death? If it was so certain, I wouldn't be here, would I?
1: So Darius becomes the main focus of trying to make contact, and it turns out that Jeff is actually there to look up his old high school girlfriend Liz, and he just sees it as a big vacation, so he leaves Darius to it. And um, Kenneth uh, starts to open up a bit uh, with uh, Darius, and sort of um, he he displays sort of increasingly unusual and paranoid behaviour. Um, so that she considers him a bit of a a bit of a crackpot. But as he starts to sort of show more of himself and give the reasons behind what he's doing, she sort of does start to start to warm to him and there's sort of the hint of a possible romantic thing between them. Um so it, it it's basically so so that's the story. It's her trying to find out about this time travel, trying to find out what his motivations are, um with this subplot of Jeff bonding with his ex-girlfriend that he that he meets up with, and, you know, he remembers her at this stunning blonde, and, you know, keeps saying, oh my god, she's really let herself go, but then he becomes quite, um, sort of, enamoured with her, just very normal, down to her style. And I I won't give away the ending, I won't say whether, whether there's really time travel or not, uh, because it isn't really about that, it's... It's just a film uh, that's very funny, has an awful lot of warmth, has some has some really, really in, sort of interesting but flawed characters, and sort of displays a real sensitive side. And I I, I love a good quirky film, and this for me ticks all the boxes. <laughs> it's funny, it's daft, it's it it, it, it it's just really good fun
0: what are you going back for
1: the mission has
3: to do with regret mistakes no matter how tempting it will be we're never ever going to say hey leave your star wars figurines in the box because they'll be worth like hundreds more and
1: uh and yeah so you know if if that sounds up your street give it a go because uh, i really don't think you'll be disappointed and it's only 85 minutes so uh so you know it is going to take up a lot of your time so. <laughs> i mean when
0: i first when i when i just read that I was um, I was intrigued straight away uh, and I thought right I am I'm, I'm not all I'm going to do is watch the trailer and of course watching the trailer I was laughing and I'm thinking yeah I've got to have a look at this because like you say even if uh, for me I don't know even if there is no time travelling it, it's still an interesting story to, to, to find out why he said this but also yeah it was just more how that you know you'll get paid after we get
1: back must bring your own weapons
0: <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah, I mean, and
1: the thing is, again, it's one of those things that Kenneth will do something to make them think, oh, he's a he's a whack job. But then suddenly something will happen that will make them think, oh, hang on, maybe he isn't paranoid. Maybe he is being followed. Maybe Maybe there is stuff going on here. And so you're kind of, you know, the whole thing is, you know, for for every time he does something to push Darius away, he then does something to to pull her even deeper in, and uh, and like I say, and it takes someone like her. She's um, she's sort of very, you know, you know, for those who know Aubrey Plaza, you know, she's been in a lot of good stuff, um, none of which springs to mind at the moment. I've <laughs> um, I've seen her in a lot of um,
0: interviews, right. a lot of. Uh... Stuff like that, and she comes over and she's got yes, very dry yes. and she's she, a very, she She's very wacky yeah, and really, offbeat. She, dark she as deliberately well. plays yeah, off, yeah. you know,
1: plays up this sort of sarcastic, yeah. you know, I don't give a crap side. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just think it's a lovely little film. And as I say, I, I, I know we're okay to do spoilers here, but I think anybody watching this needs to see the end for themselves because the end is worth the price of admission on its own. It's really good. So, uh, <laughs> yes, safety awesome. not guaranteed but 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 do but do, oh, okay. <laughs> but do bring your own weapons <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: fantastic okay so at last it's time to lift and look under those cushions and find out what's been lost for a few years in retro raiders <laughs> This is one that you wanted to talk about, Graham, is, isn't it? And, um, it is. have I've been watching it and listening to it over and over... In the car. ...since you first <laughs> said it, and I cannot believe how funny
1: and brilliant this film is, but please, go for it. It is such a good film, and I think with, with sort of the latter part of Eddie Murphy's career, it's so easy to forget just how not just good but brilliant he was in the early part of his career you know when you think he came out with 48 hours then it was trading places then it was beverly hills cop he had the two stand-up shows uh delirious and raw uh which raw, were yeah. absolutely huge and i think delirious even though there's some stuff that in this thing i kind of go ooh, there's there's some bits in there that are just amazing i mean the whole aren't bunny and the moustache and the Bigfoot and that kind of stuff I just think to this day is some of the funny stuff out there and yeah he just had this this run of success you know going through The Golden Child which I know had its had its haters but I I thoroughly enjoyed it because back then I was just an Eddie Murphy fan I'm not going to pretend otherwise and then you know coming to America and that kind of stuff and and it was really only the early 90s where it all started to fall off a cliff for him but and I, I suddenly thought to myself, I, I, I think I heard my daughter playing Axel F. I think there's a song at the moment that samples it, and I heard that, and I thought, oh, do you know what? Beverly Hills Cop, I haven't watched that for ages. And I watched it, and again, you're right, you watch it and go, God, I'd forgotten how good this was, across the board. It is just a superb film. And, yeah, when, when you and Russ put out the feelers, you know, for topics to discuss... I watched this very close to Total Recall, and I said, "Oh, you've got to do both of those because they are such good films." And I'm I'm glad that you you've sort of allowed me to talk about Beverly Hills Cop, um, and also one of the first VHSs that I bought as well, because um, I loved it.
0: You know, right, as, as soon as I put it on, I was reminded. You know, when you are seeing Detroit and you, you 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 hear like the heat is on starting to come up on the soundtrack, and it was like, God, it felt like I could just put, I just literally put the cassette in, and I was watching exactly. it again. You
1: you were you were and... transported back to the eighties. Yep.
0: But when you read it, it's like Eddie Murphy Productions. Yes. So we we was pretty oh, big yeah. just after those two 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 movies, you know, literally 48 hours in the, in the yeah. trading places. Um, I have I've, I've brought up a few bits and pieces, because obviously there were some other people that were going to do this before Eddie Murphy.
1: Oh, go on.
0: Mickey Rourke. No. Yeah. James Kahn. Robin Williams. Oh, go was involved. John Travolta. No. Richard Pryor. And this one intrigued me. Sylvester
1: Stallone. No, I knew you were going to say that.
0: But Sylvester Stallone wanted to change the script. And he wanted to change his name. So his name's Axel Foley. But he wanted to change it to Axel Cabretti. <laughs> <laughs> of course he <laughs> which, did.
1: Of course he did.
0: Which, he obviously they didn't like that. He went away. He made Cobra. Mm-hmm. Cabretti yeah. was his name in that. And then, what makes me laugh though, in Beverly Hills Cop 2... You see a poster
1: in Rosewood's room of Cobra Sylvester Stallone (laughs) in Cobra. Brilliant, (laughs) brilliant, love it. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're right. From that opening get-go, from the you know the ding 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 ding, you know that little start of of the heat is on, and just going through that whole business with the truck and you you know the, the the establishment of his character and the fact that he's this. He's this rule breaker. He's sort of somebody who could easily have gone the other way, and obviously one of his one of his friends did. You know, you know, he he you know he he, he said, you know, I was that close to to being a crook, and I've ended up being a cop. And um, and you know, f- f- from that thing, and of course, very early on, you get the um, uh, the cameo by Paul Reiser as uh, as Jeffrey, sort of like telling him, you know, you you know the boss. Um, uh, what's it's your in, in, inspector Todd, isn't it? He's after him. And then there's a great scene. This isn't my this locker. This is
3: not my locker. <laughs> when the fuck did you get a truckload of cigarettes from anyway? From the Dearborn hijack. From the Dearborn hijack. that fucking bus went down last week. That truck is supposed to be in the damn pound. I'm trying to tell you. Jeffrey, this is none of your fucking business. This is not my locker.
2: <laughs> when he's standing behind him. <laughs>
3: but there is so
1: much of that there is so many great great moments and the fact is I mean you know um, to me this film is absolutely champagne casting
3: Mm. you know
1: hats off to the casting agent who did this film because you know Eddie Murphy as as Axel Foley. It, you know you can't imagine. You know James Caan. You know Sylvester Stallone. You can't imagine anybody else no. doing this. This this just, is an Eddie Murphy film. Sorry, gone.
0: Just really. Did you know how old he was when he made it? Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Twenty three. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, twenty three. And then that's like, oh my god, that hurts because it's like. I remember when I was kids, <laughs> Ali, I could barely
1: make a fist. <laughs> and this guy is banging out major Hollywood films. But yeah, I mean, casting, you look at obviously you've got Rosewood and Taggart, you know, Judge Reinhold and John Ashton.
2: Police! You're all under arrest! Can you do that again, I'll shoot you myself.
1: Absolutely superb. You got Ronnie Cox as as Lieutenant Bogumil, um, sort of before he started nailing being the bad guys in in all the films he was, you know, Total Recall, RoboCop, all that kind of stuff. Um, Captain America. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, okay. Let's about that. <laughs> Not going to go better, that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, to me, you know, one of the one of the standout performances is Stephen Burkoff playing playing the bad oh, guy, playing Victor Maitland, yeah. who just nails it that arrogant
3: English git and what may I ask is your interest in Mr. Tandina well, he was my best friend he came to see me in Detroit a couple of days ago And a couple of hours after he got there someone killed him oh my god that's terrible it's fucked up and? he
1: did, you know but obviously his, his, his attack dog as well um, you know John, yeah, like yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Banks. Banks who's superb also, because he he played, he was Zach.
0: He was he was in Gremlins. He was yes. uh, he was the the, the copper in Gremlins yep. and Gremlins. Uh, <laughs> copper in Gremlins, but also he was in Forty Eight Hours as well, because he was his mate who got shot yes, on the stairs yes of course yes that he gave his gun up for yes, yes and I yes, thought yes. that was a big twist because you felt really sorry for him in 48 hours but boy did you hate him in Beverly Hills Cop yes he was brilliant especially when he, he says yeah when he says
1: you know, spoiler alert I popped your friend yes you know, absolutely sort of when he like, tells Whoa. him that he he's the one who killed yeah. his mate Um and yeah, and sort of Gilbert R. Hill as well as Inspector Todd. You know the, the the back and forth between those two, particularly in that first scene where Axel gets back to the station. Um, and and yeah, of course, yeah, you've got Lisa Albacker as uh, as as sort of Jenny Summers, who sort Jenny of Summers. you know t- ties the whole thing together. And it's just across the board; they nailed the casting. Every one of these is superb.
0: Especially the one that stands out the most.
1: Go on. Serge absolutely now that that I was saving to last Bronson Pinchot as Serge is just I mean what a what a scene stealing performance when when he goes I, I sold this piece myself for 130,000 he goes get the fuck out he goes
2: I cannot it is serious <laughs> I said it myself.
0: <laughs> Do you want to just express something? Like, yeah, little yeah, lemon yeah, twist. lemon twist,
2: twist. Try it. Do you like it?
1: Twist. He's just amazing, isn't he? so, so but good. But it's
0: when he goes...
1: She's <laughs> <laughs> very
0: busy, you know. Um, can, can you tell us that... Achwell... Uh, uh,
1: uh, Ach... Achmel... Ach... Ach-, 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 Ach- Foley is see her It is superb isn't it Absolutely brilliant Ahmed and he goes no Uh, Axel He goes Achwel Achmel And he goes Axel He goes Foley Foley
2: He's
1: so good Like I say Across the board
3: (laughs) How you guys doing today? Hi I'm fan, My name is Seosh And how can I help you? Um. Yeah, I'm looking for Miss Jenny Summers. It's very busy today. Maybe you give me your name. My name's Axel Foley. And uh, what it's pertaining? I didn't understand what you said. Pertaining, what it's meaning regarding? Oh, what's it regarding? I'm an old acquaintance of hers. Don't I? One moment. It's only Miss summers that uh, Mr. Ahmed Fali is here to no, see. Axel Fali. Axel. Ahmed well Axel. Fali is here to see her. These are all the quints. I uh, see so you look at this piece. Yeah, I was wondering how much something like this went for. $130,000. Get the fuck out yeah. of oh, here! No, I cannot. It's serious because it's a very important. Piece. Have you ever saw one of these? Sound it yesterday to a collector? Get the fuck out of yeah. here! I'm serious, I said it myself. <laughs>
1: You know, I I can't hear the name Victor Maitland. without going, Uh i got a to miss it here for Victor Maitland. <laughs> tell him, tell him Ramon came in. I've I've got myself checked out, and um, I've uh, it turns out I have Herbie Simplex ten. Simplex 10 <laughs> um, Maybe you better tell
3: it. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that'd be best. 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 It's just
1: so good. I mean, not politically correct as well, but. But just oh, yeah. you know, and it's just set piece after set piece, isn't it? I mean, you know, the relationship between him and uh, Rosewood and Taggart is superb. Starting with a you know banana up the tailpipe. And and the whole strip club scene as well, where he where he spots the guys with the guns, and he's one, he takes them down, and, and and when he tries to give them credit, you know, tag <laughs> yes. <none> it, and under it, super cop, it's
0: just, it was working. <laughs> but that's where that famous picture of him going, everything's Absolutely. okay. That's where that came from. He's just going, yeah, it's
1: all done. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just a wonderful. F- and of course, all held together by that wonderful axe left piece of music by Harold Forte that obviously just plays throughout the whole thing. And I mean, to me, you know, like I say, it's so easy to fall beneath the radar um, because there's so much great 80s stuff. But having watched it again and seeing apart from a couple of things, that you think, well, that's a bit dodgy. Um, you know, it hasn't aged that badly because it is it is built on relationships between people that would still stand up today. Um to me, it is, it, it is one of the great 80s movies. You know, it's it, it, you know and, 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 and to me, there's just no disputing that at all. I think it's wonderful. I don't
2: want to take it anymore. I'll just lay in behind the door.
3: But if you decide to butt into this case, it'll be the longest vacation you ever heard of.
0: soundtrack, everything is is, is really good. Um, I mean, because Harold Faltermeyer, obviously, he also did Top Gun, uh, The Running Man, and Fletch. I mean, the the Get Out of Town from Fletch, I love that. Sometimes I love that even more than XLF. Get out, but it's 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 got <laughs> <laughs> Get Out of Town. But it's um yeah, it's it's got the same sort of feel to it, and obviously that was ran about the same sort of time as well.
1: Of course, the funny thing is, back then, that we used to get movies six months after the States, but we would get music at the same time. So I can remember Axlef by Harold Faltermeyer came out in the charts before Beverly Hills Cop came out. And, and I bought it and thought Axlef, what a great film, but hadn't realised that Axlef was actually the name of the main character, You know that it was Axel Foley. And so it, it, Foley, it was only yeah. because... I, I I definitely didn't go and see this at the cinema. This was I, I I can remember hiring this with some friends from our local. It was it was our sort of local supermarket that had a video section, and I can remember it was the school holidays, and we well probably would back then would have been um, college holidays, uh, but we we rented it and watched it, and we ended up watching it three times in succession we just watched it said that was brilliant watched it again and then watched it a third time just in one day because it was so good but yeah it's just set up after set up after set up you know and and there's that wonderful scene as well when he um when he's trying to find the um the drugs the coffee The the crates yeah, the the, drug, yeah. and he goes into the bonding warehouse and yep. he And he calls that bloke oh, over yeah. <laughs> and asks asks him for a for a uh, for a, for a match uh, so, and then and he says can you can you can, can you get your supervisor to come and he calls around and he and he says why is it and, and he sort of flashes his his he, bad and says i'm 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 from you know such and such and then he says And he says, Why is it that me as a black man can walk into this thing where all this stuff hasn't been checked out of customs and I'm able to walk in and walk around this? And your security guy gave me a match. Match. (laughs) And and then he goes, Did you? And he goes, Yeah. Oh, I want all of these
0: checks starting with this one. Yeah, that's right. And he
1: goes, Call your family, tell you you're going to be lakes. We're going to have to go through all these things one at a time. We're going to be here all night starting with this one. This one. But uh, but yeah, you know, you've got wonderful little moments at the end where they go to the, you know, the Maitland house. And uh, you know, and there's all these all, all all the bad guys have all got machine guns or uzis or whatever. And uh and they're um, you know, and they're sort of trying to work their way through and then Um, Taggart and sort of Rosewood are pinned down, and you know all these guys are shooting at them. And then Rosewood stands up and says, "This is the police. You're under arrest. Throw down your weapons." They just shoot him again, and he like drops down. And Taggart goes, "Billy, you do that again, I'll shoot you myself. (laughs) myself." (laughs) But it is just that it is set piece after set piece after set piece. It's you know you start off with the truck with the cigarettes, then you move on to, to the great relationship between him and Todd. Then you've got Mikey turning up. Then you've got Mikey getting killed and obviously he's saying about the bearer bonds and that kind of stuff. Then he decides to go to Beverly Hills. You have the hotel thing. You have him visiting Maitland's place and getting thrown out through the glass window. Got thrown out of a goddamn <laughs> and window. And <he> you arrested me. <laughs> 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 and and then, of course, meets Ta- Taggart and Roseman. There's that great thing where Taggart punches him and um, and uh, says says says, you know, draw to press charges on this guy, and he goes, is This is a joke. He says, Cubs don't bread on another cub.
0: And what's a bit where they're on a steak out as well? when he's, he's he's talking to Taggart, and, and Rose was said, Oh, there's an article here that says, that, You know, when you reach sort of 41 or whatever, you've got three and a half pounds of und- <laughs> undigested, undigested meat, in meat in your mouth. <laughs> and he
1: goes, Billy, and guy, Billy, why are you telling what, me that? And he goes, Well, you do eat a lot of red meat. Of red meat. <laughs>
0: I think with this one as well. I mean, even the the, the sequel, I really enjoyed, uh, and that was a, a big sort of eighties film. But then you go on to number Ooh. three, and that was
1: one hell of a car crash. Now th- three, that you know, is one of those films that's so bad I've kind of erased it from my memory. The only thing I can remember about three is a theme park. Yeah, and and basically
0: it, that is all it sort of revolves around, but. There was special effects bits that were, weren't finished. It was, uh, and yeah, you know, it was it, it was really that bad. It was. I mean, even I've, I watched it, well, I don't know, about, it might have been about six, seven months ago. Just to, I thought, right, no, I've actually got to watch this. And I couldn't believe
1: how you could get everything so wrong. Mm, absolutely. After two, two, two really, really great movies. movies. Yeah, because, I mean, because I mean, the second one had Bridget Nielsen in it, didn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, and you know, I remember because yeah, because Bogumil gets shot, doesn't he, at the start, yeah. and therefore yeah, it all spins off from that, and you know, and they find out where he's been because of the dirt on his trainers where he goes running. That's right, and um, and yeah, yeah, just you know, not as good as as the first one, but still a really solid film, you know, just a really good entertaining film. But yeah, as you say, three, just such a horrible car crash of a movie. Um, yeah, so it's one of those you just forget about that one. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> it's absolutely. Like the first two. Okay, it's time for our coveted cushion award. So the score. Oh, be I've never done zero. one of these. Ah, this is ah, yeah, the I zero and about ten it. cushions. Yeah, so a score of zero to four gets you a very dirty, sticky, half chewed toffee covered and fluff excuse of a cushion. A score of 4.5 to 7 gets you an old ripped tatty cushion that with a little TLC is more comfy than you thought. A score of 7.5 to 9 gets you a silver silk covered cushion which has the groovy tassels on each corner. And a big score of 10 gets you the gold velvet covered cushion that would have you believe you're snuggled into the warm lap of a wookie. Oh. So you've got 0 <laughs> n- <laughs> n- to 5. Of basically how you think of it. Yeah, now, now I mean and you can then. say what you. Yeah, well, yeah. So you can say what you when you first watched it as to what you think of it now.
1: I would say when I first watched it, this film for me was a five. It was an absolute nailed-on five. I mean, I was like I say in the '80s, I was just a big Eddie Murphy fan. Eddie Murphy could do no wrong, and like I say, not having seen this at the cinema, but then watching again it on video and watching it three times in a day, it was a five. Um, I would say looking back, it still stands up. It's still a brilliant film. There's still amazing set pieces. Um, there are, however, a couple of moments that probably haven't aged as well um, due to the fact that you know this is 35 years ago and attitudes were a little different. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably have to say now I'll give it a four and a half. No, it's it not not yeah, quite frankly, yeah. there. And also, I, I I think you know, I know that you and Russ hand out five cushions like like they like they grow on trees. But uh, but yeah, I, I always think for a film to be perfect, it has to be very very top end. You know, there are, there are, there are yeah, v- no, very no, few no. films that I would say get five, but this is right up there. It's a four and a half. So yeah,
0: that's good. No, that's good. I mean, I must admit, yeah, when when I first saw it, I. I loved it because I was into the all the delirious and the and the and the raw and you know trading places and all like that and um but unfortunately now, with everything I would say as it's as it's my show i'm gonna give it a five and a half,
2: <laughs> 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 which Love means it. Yay, <laughs> <tin>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God oh.
1: You are a terrible man there you, you go. know that don't
2: you? <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, lovely. Okay, thanks for listening. We both hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe so you never miss a new episode. You can hear us on Apple and Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Podbeam and from our website www.downthebackofthesofas.com or you can even now ask your Amazon Echo device to play the Down the Back of the Sofa's podcast and we will be there. You can contact us via our website or Facebook page or our email address is dtbots77 at com, and our Twitter account is at dtbots, D-T-B-O-T-S, down the back of the sofas. So, Graham, any last words? A uh, blancmange.
1: <laughs> that, was, that was word <laughs> no just uh, uh thank you again for, for for having me on it's been it's been really good fun i've enjoyed it so uh yeah we, we've uh we've we talked about good stuff so thank you
0: that's all right my pleasure and uh it will happen again because i know there's plenty that we both want to talk about so uh okay it's good night from me and it's good night from him
1: <laughs> thank you see you Take later care, Bye. bye. Venom 200 was supposed to be out on the 14th of April <coughs> then it got <laughs> oh my god your face sorry. then sorry.
0: <laughs> I was trying to be I mean because I, I can take all this out oh with my god. cough but then I just whacked the mic That's <laughs> That's right. my That's right. water. <laughs> sorry I've ruined i ruined your flow <laughs>